0: The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
2: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm not going to give you a weather report today because it's not sunny. Anyway, uh, take a look today at the Self-Improvement blog. You'll find, of course, our guest bio and a new picture of her. She was with us a year ago um, when she just really began her recovery from Lyme disease. She looks like a totally different person after just this year or so, now, take a look. You'll, you'll find that she looks very healthy, and we're rejoicing in that. You're also going to find articles about surviving disaster. And in the right sidebar, there's a YouTube audio of John Cabot zinn reading his book, Full Catastrophe Living. It's quite long, but you can sit and listen to it while you're working on the computer. And it's so well worth it. Um, you'll find the blog at http.com. The W's, theselfimprovementblog.com. Oh, you have to have all of that, com. <clears throat> These are interesting times, don't you think? Um, you know, some people have the opinion that the world as we know it is ending next month because of the way the Mayan calendar has been interpreted, and they're living in fear of dying. To me, that's not really living. In this country, some people want to secede from the Union, and they're citing the Declaration of Independence as their authority. Imagine the chaos that would result for each of us if this happened. Um, there's more dissension in government than I've ever seen in all these years I've been around. Um, the debt's soaring. There are a lot of things that people are worrying about. Some are still without electricity on the East Coast after having lost everything material and they are truly suffering. Some see devastation really literally in every area of their lives right now. And today we're going to talk about surviving full catastrophe, full life catastrophe. I know that sounds negative, but this is not going to be a negative show. This is about survival, and resilience. Uh, how do you remain strong in the face of all of this, all that's happening? You know, How resilient are you? you know, do you know how to overcome defeat and actually thrive in spite of all the things that life throws at you? you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. Today we have Katina or Kim Macris with us. She's been with us before and it's such a delight to have her back. She's an internationally known author, artist, and international speaker. She has a bachelor's degree from Duke University and is a graduate of the Still Point, Still Point Institute of Life Healing. She has practiced natural health care since 1983. I think she probably started when she was about six. Anyway, at the peak of her career as a homeopathic physician and widely read newspaper columnist, she was stricken with a mysterious type of flu. After five years of torment, she was finally diagnosed with Lyme disease. In her book, Out of the Woods, and I I really suggest you get that book, Out of the Woods. It's a remarkable story. Kim chronicles this illness and the loss of everything dear to her. She is now back in private practice as a physician and healer and working with victims of Lyme disease. She states, whether it is by way of my writing, teaching, or personal consultation that I intersect with you, I aim to offer you insights and guidance to embrace your own healing. What great words. Kim, welcome to the Self-Improvement
3: Show. Thank you, Irene. It's great to be here with you.
2: Oh, it's so nice to have you back and I'm so excited about all that you have to tell us. Uh, But for those who didn't hear you, and it really is just a little over a year ago today that you were on this show, you know, a couple of weeks past, but a year Tell us about yourself, um, leaving the Lyme disease out. Who is, who is Kim Macris?
3: Well, currently, um, is that, would you like to know wh- what I've been doing now? Well, kind of a little bit about
2: your background, and we know you were uh, a homeopathic physician, okay. but tell us a little bit about yourself, what your life was like up to Lyme disease,
3: okay. and then we're going to
2: talk about the Lyme disease.
3: Sure. I, I um, was raised in Long Island, New York, and I had chosen a career in alternative medicine. I was a homeopathic practitioner, got trained back in the early 80s by some of the great homeopathic masters of the world. I was very fortunate. And I moved to New Hampshire in early 1991 to live a, an outdoorsy lifestyle close to the land. I was always a nature spirit at heart. And so much valued an organic lifestyle with my big gardens and chickens and the young children outside playing and making fairy forests in the woods. And I had a beautiful homeopathic practice that was thriving. I helped families raise their little ones with natural medicine and uh, wrote a column in the newspaper that was a regional paper. I sat on the board for National Homeopathic Examiners helping write the national exam and uh was very active and busy, a full life, Irene, athletic, uh, you know, filled with friends, and just everything I had really dreamed I was able to create.
2: And then you got sick. Tell us how that, you know, how it, it started, what was the onset, what happened to you during those, I think it was five years, wasn't it?
3: Yes, I um <clears throat> was in my early 40s and picture of health really had never been sick other than an occasional cold maybe once every few years and relied on natural medicine and had practiced yoga and meditation for a couple of decades and um you know really had sort of an optimal you know uh vitality and the summer of 2000 I got a summertime flu that hit me very hard vertigo terribly swollen glands, chills, mild fever, and a stiff neck, and a lot of body pains. And I remember thinking, gosh, this is really a whopper for the summertime. You usually think of these kinds of things as wintertime Yeah. And, um, you know, dosed up on my echinacea and zinc and homeopathics and thought I'd pull out of it in the next couple of days, as usual. And I didn't, and I had profound fatigue and this very strange buzzing in my head and you know, um, uh, there a very uh, all kind of altered state. Like I almost felt like I was not really fully in my body. It was very uncomfortable. I saw my uh, practicing a, a partner who was an MD, and he gave me an exam and, you know, thought, well, this must be some kind of flu, but did some blood work just to double check. He never uh, suspected Lyme disease, Irene. This was in 2000, and Lyme disease in those days was really considered down in the Connecticut, Rhode Island, Long Island, New Jersey areas, Cape Cod. No one thought about it up here in the northern part of New England, so no one ran a Lyme disease test. And no, you you were really
2: active and outdoorsy,
3: were mm-hmm. were you not? Yes, I was. I was you know camping, hiking, cross country skiing, you know canoeing. That was my lifestyle. I loved the outdoors, so I probably got bitten by a tick. I never saw one on me, and I never had that classic bullseye rash that so many think of. And um, it was a very difficult few months. I kind of pulled out of it slowly with the help of, you know, good immune supports and acupuncture and homeopathy. But I was not really well that whole winter. I was very weak and run down and had a very hard time getting to work. I really only could work one or two days. And then I went severely crashing down and I had to give up my homeopathic practice and the newspaper column and as the next years unfurl we watched me go down this vortex of, of, you know, dissipating health and then depression and anxiety and finally a broken spirit and I start to lose so many things, Irene. First it was the, you know, my career and the income and my self-confidence, of course, and the health is slipping away, and my little children are needing help, and it was hard to be a mother, and then the marriage starts to crumble. So by year five, we find me bedridden, broke, and divorced. It was really a, a huge amount of loss.
2: And what in the world were, was going on within you at this time? How did you deal with all of this especially since you were too ill, really, to deal with any of it.
3: It was extraordinarily difficult. I, by now, I had did not even have a Lyme diagnosis. They had just said it was chronic fatigue syndrome, coupled with fibromyalgia-type pains and migraines, and that was very confusing for me. I did not feel that was accurate, but that's what we were working with. It was so arduous. I had so many nights crying and pleading to every kind of form of being that you could think of. angels God, my deceased mother, everybody help me through, please, please. And, you know, just cooking a meal was like climbing Everest. It was just nail-bitingly difficult. And I think There were two pieces that I held on to. One was this tiny little flicker inside of me that the way animals lie down and rest and they kind of, you know, right themselves by just being very still Yes. and resting, there was a little flicker inside of me that said if you can just rest and be as still as you possibly can, your body will right itself and, Something in natural medicine will be there for you because it's always been your ally, so I kept holding on to that little flame flicker, and the other piece was I had a little boy who was only seven years old, and I just wanted to see him grow up i just i couldn't I couldn't leave him, and you were caring for him all this time
2: or, or try- trying to.
3: Trying to. I would, you know, have to get help. Friends would help and, you know, take them after school. And my aunt flew up from Florida on occasion in the hard times to cook for me and, and, you know, help me and patch it together. But it was uh, at one point, Irene, I got to the point where my spirit actually broke. I, I I realized I couldn't, there was nothing to be hopeful about. I didn't think I'd ever work again. I didn't think I could ever ride a bike or swim in the way I used to love or dance. And, you know, to me it was, if I could just cook and take care of myself, that was going to be, you know, a success. And
2: coming from somebody who was so active, so full of life, so busy, had so much going that had to be almost impossible to deal with. And I don't want to leave for a break on a low note, so it is time for a break, and I want to say we're going to see how Kim came through this, so stay tuned so you can know what she did and, and, and how she got through this. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Kim MacRae, saying, "Stay tuned. We're going to get her well in just a moment. So we'll come back."
1: Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at World Talk Radio.
4: Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected
1: everyone has a belief system that they stand by it's comfortable and safe if you believe that a hot stove will burn you you won't touch it sometimes beliefs like this are practical but some belief systems may be protecting you a little too much these are the ones that might be holding you back there's a secret to changing your belief system and by doing so achieve goals and live a happier better life Start by tuning in to Subconscious Beliefs with Dr. Hein Lambricks, broadcasting live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
5: Whenever a natural disaster occurs, Be The Star You Are charity mobilizes to get books, DVDs, videos, games, and other resources to the victims through our Operation Disaster Relief Program. With the terrible devastation caused by Hurricane Sandy, Be The Star You Are has launched Operation Hurricane Sandy Relief to ship resources to the East Coast. You can make a difference in the lives of someone in need. Make a donation today. It's kids helping kids. Be The Star You Are is collaborating with with Angels of God, that is a nonprofit founded by our 15-year-old Express Yourself teen reporter and co-host Caitlin Darrow. Angels of God will distribute all the resources collected and ship them to the facilities to the residents in need. Visit www.btsya.org. That website again is www.btsya.org. And thanks for your support, everyone.
4: Listen. Listen.
1: The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
0: To the self-improvement show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Kim Mackers. We've been talking about how ill she was during her bout with Lyme disease. Um, she was really into full-time, full-catastrophe living at that point. And then you began to turn around. How did they discover that you had Lyme disease? That was when things really started to change, isn't it?
3: Yes, that was the beginning. Um, that was what I call the pivot point. <clears throat> Excuse me, a clinical nutritionist of all people found it, even though I'd been to many doctors and hospitals and had three of the standard uh, Lyme tests that all were negative. And a nutritionist found it and he was savvy. He'd treated many people over the years with uh, complex, you know, chronic fatigue type disorders. And he knew of a specialty lab to use called Igenics Labs in Palo Alto, California, which is now really the cutting-edge lab for Lyme disease. And sure enough, I came back with the positive results. And I felt so relieved because, you know, having been the picture of health and taken such good care of myself, it didn't make sense that I would have chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia. No. You know, that comes when you are run down and your adrenal glands are shot and...
0: But at this point, having been sick for so long, you must have thought, am I just crazy?
3: Definitely, and so many people experience that. I've met so many people in the past year as I've been out lecturing with chronic Lyme disease that are just totally um, confused and at their wits' end and depressed and you know overwhelmed by everything the way I was. So when we got the diagnosis, I was so relieved, but now we had to work on getting me well. Which was a long road. It took me five years of treatments. Uh, we worked on killing off the organism, the bacteria infection, but the nutritionist was so wise, he said, I want to do metabolic profile analysis and find out the different systems of your body, find out the depletions, the imbalances, and then we're going to rebuild you with nutritive supports, herbs, supplements, acupuncture, And, you know, slowly, slowly, every six months, you're going to see strides. And so we embarked on this program, and I still was on bed rest for the first six months. And then I started integrating other pieces into which we can talk about, Irene, as I, you know, had to make some conscious choices about my life and a lot of self-evaluation. And I think serious illness, whether it's something like the chronic Lyme disease I had or a cancer or ms or any of these severe illnesses there's really a calling within that it's a time for self reflection examination and some choices to be made
0: exactly and it's you know at that point it's really hard for you to do that examination and have a clear enough head to make good choices and that's the hard part or one it, of the hard parts
3: it is and i you know i think before I got the diagnosis, I just tumbled around a great deal of time in worry and sadness and, and self-pity and, of course, remorse over so much loss. And that's a normal reaction, of course, you know, the, and the despair sets in. And when I finally got this diagnosis that felt tangible to me, like, yes, you have an infection. You weren't in I have something.
0: Yeah. If you know what it is, you, you can attack it.
3: Yeah, and so now I felt validated, and I now had had have a plan of you know how I could move forward, and I think that's a big piece of recovery for people is to actually have foresight and vision of where you want to be and where you're going, and then have steps along the way, you know, just like you would climb a mountain or make a journey. You know, you just you plot certain places out in your map, and so. You know we we have to do that same sort of thing for our very self when we are at one level of capacity in our life and we want to move to another to optimal wellness, I had to plot out a journey.
0: Exactly. So you know for and and you had an advantage in that you were a homeopathic physician, so you had a great deal of understanding about healing, and you'd gone to a school for healing as well even in the midst of the illness you somehow managed to pull yourself together and go to school which was to me a really remarkable part of your journey that you could do that tell us a little bit about that school because i think that's an important piece to some of the things that happened to you to help you get well and and add to what you're doing now
3: sure um, well, you know, the nutritionist helped map out some of these, you know, physical pieces with dietary changes and nutritive supplements. And then, you know, I was on bed rest for a certain amount of time, and then my physician helped me, you know, take on the tiniest of little things. When in the beginning, it was just movement because I'd been, you know, horizontal for two years. So, you know, I had to build up a little cardiovascular function. And in the beginning, it was just walking in my house, like, back and forth across the living room and doing some yoga stretches. And then it was outdoors and around the house and down the driveway and back. And, you know, I called these baby steps. And, you know, these were pieces that I was doing because I felt like I needed to walk myself back into life. And so I started, uh my dad had taught me this as a small child, and I feel it's a really salient piece that we can all use. He had said to me, you know, Long Island's not your backyard to play in. New York's not your backyard to play in. The United States is not your backyard to play in. The whole world is your backyard to play in. Ah. Anything and anywhere you want to be and whoever you want to be in your life, he said, you see that in your mind's eye of who you are and who you want to be. And you work for that and you can achieve it. If it's not based on greed or jealousy or envy, but on the goodness of your heart, he says you can achieve anything. So I felt that that kernel that my dad had given me, I now was going to apply towards my healing. What a wonderful teaching on his and part. Beautiful teaching, isn't it? Oh, At- wonderful. And so I, I in my mind's eye, saw myself proud and strong and sunny like and like a big copper beech tree, which I so admire. And I would, in my mind's eye, see myself, you know, standing bright and strong and proud. And every day when I took my little walks or my yoga, I would, you know, embrace that energy. Along the way, I met this wonderful woman, Meredith Young Sowers. She's a renowned spiritual teacher and healer. And she has a beautiful school called the Still Point School of, of Integrative Life Learning. And she is very much about teaching you to harness the mind, body, spirit pathway, that we all have innate gifts, inner, inner skills, inner tools of willpower, of creativity, of intention, of belief, of trust, and learning how to turn within and find these inner values and work with them energetically and metaphysically and ignites the mind-body healing pathway, which in turn triggers good neurotransmitters neuro, uh, and neurochemicals in our brain, which then, of course, stimulate the immune system. And, you know, hey, healing begins. So my time at the school was beautiful. It was four intensives over a year, and then we had weekly homework and teleconference classes in between, and we learned how to use all of these inner healing skills. And now I feel blessed because, as you said, I moved through an illness, and I also gained a whole new spectrum of healing in the process.
0: Well, I would imagine that it lent, lent itself greatly to your own healing as well as gave you a whole new set of skills to use to work with others.
3: Very much so. I When I went to the school, I really went for my own self-help purposes. I knew that my spirit had been broken during those years of catastrophe and all of that loss, everything that I had worked so hard that had been taught as a child under the American values of you know, to succeed and aspire and to achieve and to have a home and a IRA and a steady job and you know marriage and all of these things that I worked so hard to create and valued, I lost. So I was afloat and I didn't feel grounded in any way, and I was confused over, hey, I worked for these things and they got stripped from me. Yeah, so it's like, what do, who I, am I, do I now?
0: Who? Yeah, who am I without all this? What an, what a, a, an amazing opportunity to define who you are and to have to, to work through that. You know, it, it's not something any of us would want to have to, to do. There are easier ways <laughs> by far.
3: Yeah, easier your way. You
0: know, <laughs> looking back at it, um, I, I guess the question I want to ask you is, you know, the lessons that you were able to realize it immediately, and then long term looking back, you know, as you've come through to, and I would call it complete healing. Is that correct?
3: Yes, definitely. I mean, you're I'm, really
0: um... past it. There must be so many things that you learned along the way and I don't want to go into detail with them because we're right up to another break. So let's go to break and then let's talk about what you learned and the strength that you gained from all the things that you went through during this illness. Will that be okay with you? Fantastic. I love it. Okay, let's go to break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest Kim Macris saying stay tuned because Kim has so much more to tell you.
4: Step up to the microphone. View the finalists right now on voiceamericakids.tv. America's next great star is waiting to be discovered. Step up to the microphone is an exclusive presentation for voiceamerica.tv where you can see and hear America's next top child star. The program is hosted by Voice America's own Cassie Frazier and new episodes will be available every week exclusively at voiceamericakids.tv. You can say you saw them at the beginning of their superstar career. Tune in to voiceamericakids.tv.
1: Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon
0: Welcome back to the self Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Kim Macris. We've been talking about her bout with Lyme disease, uh, uh, her healing, some of the things she did along the way, especially after she was diagnosed, and would like to talk now about some of the lessons she learned from this How it how it changed her life, made her stronger, and what she is offering now to the people that she works with. So, Kim, you've you've gotten through Lyme disease. You're beginning to get stronger, and and even then, I know you were reflective on some of the things that you'd learned. Um, Tell us about the recovering and and uncovering the lessons.
3: That's nice. I like that, the recovery and the uncovering. Yes, Um well, you know, those times in stillness brought me into deep contemplation. And at first I resisted it, of course, and kicked and bucked and wanted to be out in the world doing and, you know, achieving and just having fun. And then I realized one day, you know, people pay to go to retreats and they go to ashrams and They pay to go, you know, off to programs where they can be in solitude. And this is like a forced retreat. And if I could Uh. embrace this as such and realize that spirit was calling to me and saying, get off the hamster wheel, you know, maybe you're productive and you've achieved certain goals, but are you really meeting your heart's purpose? And when I kind of got that message, Irene, something clicked in me and I realized, wow, this is an enormous opportunity. And so then I began to cherish the quiet time in the solitude and I would light my candle and I'd pray and do my meditations and I'd, you know, really took to, you know, beautiful picture books and listening to, you know, lovely music and things that would feed me and touch my soul i really just started embracing Uh all of that and beauty and i just felt my heart needed that and were
0: you aware of your thinking at the time and did you need to make a conscious effort to guard your thoughts and be sure you stayed in the positive did did you have that struggle
3: yes i did i did uh and uh, to tell you the truth <clears throat> I had I struggled with that for many years until we got that Lyme diagnosis and I made a commitment to myself when I heard it was going to be two to three years of treatments, and I needed to stay unplugged from the world during this time while my nervous system regenerated and my immune system rebuilt. I got it, and I said to myself, okay, I can do this. I'm going to embrace this, and I'm going to create my own sanctuary at home. And that's what I did. I had to sell my house because I needed the money, and I moved into a tiny little um, rental unit in town with my son, but it was a charming old Victorian, and it was full of whimsy and fun you know windows, and I just made it magical and we hung you know pretty colored things and you know just prisms and things and I just embraced this opportunity and created my own little sanctuary and I and started reading, too. You know, what are the other things that were going to touch my spirit and soul? And I would read and listen to affirmations and toning tapes and you name it. Anything that was going to heal me and nurture me, I took on. And I started to identify some pieces, as you said, in the uncovering, because I wanted to really heal 100%, not 75%, right. but 100 And I realized that I was blessed with my dad's visualization he had taught me, and also I'm resilient, and I wanted to embrace my resiliency. And for that, I felt I needed purpose and motivation. And so I, you know, took those tools, and with this still point work, I learned about setting intention and moving with intention, just even, you know, to doing a guided meditation walk, like, you know, down the block and back. You know, these trigger inner, inner, inner wellsprings of energy we have. And it all started, you know, to make sense to me. It wasn't so fantastical anymore. I realized, you know, people that are survivors that come through war-torn situations or their houses being burnt down or... Or
2: hurricanes.
3: Or yes. a terrible hurricane. You know, they have will. They, they have a willpower and they just don't buckle. They're saying, I'm going to get through this. And then they have a, a vision of their future and they see that beyond the immediate. They see, you know, a better place. And then they move with purpose towards that future And, you know, embodying that energy is very powerful. And And certainly
0: adds to the healing.
3: And it adds to the healing. And the other big thing I learned was that I tended to, I'm a caretaker and I would give, give, give to others and tend to others' needs and wounds. Of course, I've always, I've been an understanding person and I realized that same comfort that I would offer to others in need, I needed to give that same comfort to me. So, you know, I started to realize the way I would love a young child or a small animal that I had to be tender to myself.
0: See, I think that's so, so important and many people don't learn that even when confronted with, with a situation that they need desperately to care for themselves. Very it, it
3: still true. isn't okay. And very true, and you know, our healthcare system, as we've known it over the past 50, 60 years, really since World War II, has been very externalized. It's a lot about, you know, a doctor treating you, or procedures, or medications, all these things that come from the outer, and then we administer to the inner. And, you know, those are valuable tools when we need them, but there's a whole nother piece of inner Tools we have, and inner love, and tenderness, and gestures of care, and you know, even simple things like, as I said, candles or a bath or the right music, and and you know, honoring myself, writing, learning to embrace my creativity, and not feeling like it was silly. Um, hey, look it! I created a beautiful book in the end. Yes,
0: and, and I would encourage our listeners to go to your website. Tell us what that is, and they should go and look at your art. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. You tell us to, how to how, Tell them how to find you, and
3: then yeah, thank you, Irene. I learned to paint during the whole process too. Um, katinamacris.com, Katina Makris dot com. K a t i n a Macris, m a k r i s dot com. Is my website. It's got out of the woods. There. It's got my healing work and it's got my uh, oil paintings, as you said, and my blog, which is filled with messages of inspiration and hope. Because um, we are spiritual beings, and honoring our our spirit's intention and its purpose in this lifetime is a very precious opportunity. And I think as children, many of us have senses of what our spirit asks of us, but you know we get pigeonholed and and corralled in certain directions, which may be productive, but does it meet our spirit's calling and this illness was my opportunity to connect with my spirit, and in turn, now it is my greatest wish and desire to help others tune into what their spirit is asking of them.
0: So would you say it's fair to say that you came from a life of doing into a life of
3: being? Very much so. You nailed it right on the head. That's exactly my experience. And um I still do within the being, but it's a completely different energy. Being is a place of conscious intention.
0: Now, you're a very busy lady, and so it's interesting to say that You're being instead of doing, because you've been doing a lot. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about and 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 I sense that you are being more than, the doer is being, I guess is what I want to say. Yeah, it's
3: it's very interesting because, yes, I've always was a high energy person that did 112 things in a day. And then I went through those seven years of quietude and now I've come out the end, and I wrote Out of the Woods in the final years of that time, and when Out of the Woods was being birthed last autumn, my publisher said to me, well, you know, you've got to do a good PR campaign with this if you want it to be a success. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, you need to get out and talk about your book and share your understandings and knowledge about Lyme disease. And I said, okay, sure, I can do that. (laughs) And
0: And so you've done something like 37 lectures and what else?
3: 37 lectures, 16 radio shows, 5 national TV network shows, lots of blogs, articles. But it got beyond me, Irene, because what happened is I thought I would just be doing that for a few months but i didn 't realize until springtime hit that the Lyme epidemic was surging, and then there was an actual calling to, for me to please come to support groups, give us information, give us information, and you know inspiration and hope and so then I just sort of followed the need that was being asked of me, and you 're right i 've lived it with conscious intention every day, I still have my hour of quiet time and practice of meditation and writing, prayer and all those things that work for me and I am also uh, pulling in for the winter now too. It'll might be my time of hibernation like a tulip bulb where I spend some good time with myself in that place that's my creative wellspring.
0: I'm thinking that a tulip is a much better analogy than a bear. <laughs> <laughs> i love your humor when you go into a support group what do you tell these people who are in probably all all types of places in terms of recovery
3: yes it's it's really it's it touches my heart in a very big way because i recognize the gray pallor and the trembling limbs and the flat eyes and the struggles that so many are going through, the illness, the weakness, the dementia, the depression. And, you know, I say to them, this is a journey, and you can move through this journey in different kind of ways. But hope and self-belief are so important. You have to believe in your future and believe in your recovery. And you need to also commit, though, to a practitioner that you feel comfortable with that can be your guide so that you don't have to worry, worry, worry constantly. And they can help be your guide step by step, you know, like the way I had that wonderful nutritionist. But also, you know, this is an opportunity to listen within and find out what is your life's true calling, Because many people I have discovered with serious illness, especially something like Lyme disease, this is a time to really honor your creativity. Because so many of us have such creative gestures within.
0: But don't take time.
3: But don't take time. We get caught up in the rat race, and part of it we can't help because, you know, financial needs are pressing, and raising children, of course, uh, you know, requires time, but. You know, I think of, you know, 40 years ago even before the electronic kingdom hit and people still played an instrument or, you know, or uh,
0: actually talked to each other.
3: Yeah, played scrabble and things that were slower paced and interactive like you said and I I think that quieter pace, uh, you know, suits a, a time for daydreaming and imagination and sketching or anything, uh, woodworking, all of these all of these pieces, uh, you know, touch us in different ways.
0: and all of them, in a way, lend to our healing. Definitely. And on that note, we're going to go to break. When we come back. We're going to talk a little bit about thriving and resiliency. This is Irene Conlin with my guest, Kim Maccrasay, saying, "Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more."
3: We're making it easier to listen to the World Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: Best-selling authors. Find tantalizing new books. Learn the latest healthy living tips. And be inspired to coach yourself to success on Star Style. Be the star you are. Every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific Time on World Talk Radio. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her health hero daughter, Heather Brittany, fire up the airwaves with upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star. Star, you are Thursdays from three to four p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Come play with us. Never say never.
4: Live your dream.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
0: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Kim Macris. Kim, as you have heard, has not only survived but is thriving after her bout with Lyme disease. And I want to ask you, Kim, can everybody with this disease thrive? Are, are we all thrivers?
3: Well, I think we're all potentially thrivers. Um an eternal optimist, as we know, yeah. Um You know, you meet people with, who've lost limbs, who've, you know, had horrific accidents and they can still thrive with, you know, a physical compromise. So yes, I believe we can all thrive. I've met many people on the road that still have impaired gates or you know, neuropathy in their feet or whatnot from the Lyme organism causing, causing nerve damage. But they're living very fulfilling lives. and yeah. it, Thriving you know, isn't
0: all just physical.
3: Yes. It's beyond that, isn't it? It's a certain energy.
0: You know, I noticed during the hurricane how people right next door to each other who have both lost everything. And one is saying, oh, it's just stuff, we'll make it and the, the person next door saying, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, I know. Oh.
3: You're, I agree with you. It's a mindset, you. yeah. It's a mindset, it's an attitude, and um, I embrace that 100%, and it's something I try to share with others when I'm out speaking with the lectures, as you said, at the support groups or elsewhere, is that what what you have inside, you have control over. You can... You know, use your moods. You can use your mindset. You can do things like journaling, prayer, visualization, move with intention. These are skill sets of your very own. They don't have to come from somebody else or outside of you. Just the way my dad taught me as a little girl, right? The backyard's not your playground. The whole world
0: is. If you had to choose three things for people to do, You know, the three most important things you think are necessary for thriving, healing, what would you say those are? What would you tell people they need?
3: Well, definitely belief. You have to believe 100% that you're going to move beyond this situation. So belief is very important. I think number two is to let go of old limitations and structures and patterns and that letting go is that's hard. It's hard. It's like a trapeze bar letting go and grabbing the new one. But I think, you know, believing, letting go and then, you know, the process of moving forward, you know, moving with conscious intention, which is even the baby steps, like when I was, you know, just beginning to walk again. Um, taking baby steps, moving forward, those are three things that you can everybody can do. You can believe, you can let go, and you can move forward and
0: And we can do that after any kind of setback. Those are really three essential things in, in terms of growth. From from my point of view, you know, don't have to agree with that, but I certainly agree with you. What's in store for you
3: now? Are you, are you
0: writing another book? what What's the future look like for you?
3: Well, I dream big, huh? I know. Um, <laughs> I love it. I dream big. I um, am working on actually two new books. One is the follow up to Out of the Woods. It's called the Lyme Disease and Autoimmune Healing Workbook. And it's going to be a lot of healing information that you can do at home to help you move through illness towards recovery and healing. I've got a novel up my sleeve,
0: uh-huh. and <laughs> Your
3: life and also was like a
0: novel for a while. What's that? Your life was like a novel for
3: a I while. I know it was like a novel. Um, and novel's a good word though, too, isn't it? It's new <laughs> and <laughs> fresh. <laughs> And of course, lecturing um, really has become a passion of mine. You know, Irene, I didn't know it. You know, all those years ago when my life was slipping away from me, and I had to let go of the homeopathic practice and the healthcare column. You know, now I've discovered that lecturing and speaking to groups is wonderful. I love it. It just it lights fun. me up like a moonbeam.
0: Now, let me ask you this question. You know. He- You're you've been in medicine. I've been in nursing most of my life, um, and and yet, healthcare as we know it today isn't quite meeting people's needs. If you could change it, what would you do? What would you put in place in healthcare today? Uh,
3: Well, I see it with the Lyme disease epidemic vividly clear to me. Uh, This is a statement I make a lot. Lyme disease is the epidemic of our era. It's asking us to unite the two hands of healthcare care. It's asking us to take the diagnostics and pharmaceutical weaponry of traditional allopathic medicine and unite it with the restorative therapeutics of complementary medicine, and that two hands working together are better than one. And an oh integrative, an integrative healthcare care system needs to be really developed in our country. We're behind the curve. Europe, South America, other parts of the world have an integrative healthcare system using herbals and nutrition and homeopathics and you know all of this alongside the drugs and surgery. So we need integration and we need to bring spirit and healing back in, in too.
0: I totally agree with you. you know, it would make such a difference if when you went to a doctor they said, tell me where you're coming from you know what's your life like right now what do you eat you know uh, those kind of questions instead of just you know where do you hurt
3: yeah and you know it is a big paradigm shift because medical schools are very science based which is fine so you know right now we're seeing some clinics and uh, practices cropping up that are integrative healthcare centers that have both they have medical doctors naturopaths reiki practitioners You know, different folks all under one roof, and I'm hoping we're going to see more and more of that.
0: Oh, I totally agree with you. We're really coming right up to the end of the show. I can't believe it's over. I could talk to you for a couple days, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Me too. What's the thought you'd like to leave with the listeners today?
3: Oh, I think a thought that I would like to share is that I know and I feel within that every human being is a very, very special person and that each of you really need to take the time, even if it's just 30 seconds a day, to honor the majesty and beauty that you hold within and know with your loving heart that you can accomplish most anything in your lifetime.
0: Oh, I totally agree with that. Next week is Thanksgiving. We're going to do an encore of that wonderful show we had with Dan Brodsky Shenfield, the world champion skydiver. It's a story that you will never forget and will enjoy hearing him tell it. The following week we're going to talk about using EFT or emotional freedom technique to lose weight. So I encourage you to stay healthy and enjoy the holidays. You know, give it all you got, but Watch what you put in. Kim, thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Thank you, Irene. I loved every second of it.
0: I did too. And I I think, you know, the listeners can hear that no matter how sick you get, there's really hope that you can come through it and be well. Come through to the other side of illness to enjoy vibrant health. We wish you well. Keep in touch. Uh, Let us know how you are.
3: Thank you so much. I really appreciated this hour with you and your listeners, and I look forward to visiting again sometime in the future.
0: Oh, we will have you back. This (laughs) is Irene Conlon with my guest, Kim Macker, saying thank you for being with us today and tune in again next week for more of The Self-Improvement Show.
1: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.